0: welcome to the Own Your Epic podcast. My name is Jay Dostal, author of the book Own Your Epic, Leadership Lessons in Owning Your Voice and Your Story. In this podcast, I highlight the stories and voices of educators across the country who are making a difference in schools and uncover what makes them exceptional leaders in their field. By sharing the voices and stories of others, we can all learn to appreciate that each of us is the author of our own epic and our experiences are relatable to others, if we are willing to share them. Let's get started on the Own Your Epic process. Welcome to the Own Your Epic podcast. This is Jay Dostal, and uh, it's been a, a it's been a it's been a journey trying to schedule this one. You know, we're uh, we're in season two of this podcast, and I'm finally getting around to getting one of my other sisters on uh, on the show and. Uh, uh, but it's a good one. Uh, I'm looking forward uh, to the conversation today, but I'm not gonna introduce her, I'm gonna have her introduce herself. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Hi everyone, this is Christine Shabram. I uh, teach seventh and eighth grade business and technology and computer science at Westside Middle School. And I am also the uh, power school scheduler for our building.
0: So for the people who listen to this, and it's not like we have a huge audience, but uh, we have had our mother and our father on this podcast. We have had uh, our sister, Lynn, on this podcast. You were the next one. I haven't had Jamie, even though she has dipped into the, to the foray of education. But uh, for those of you who have listened, uh, Lynn, our sister, uh, is like, polar opposite for me. However, Christine and I are like two peas in a pot. We typically don't like to admit that because that would mean that we uh, were too similar to one another. But, uh, is a go getter. And as you can tell by all the things that she, she has done and what she, uh, what she is an educator. And you can tell that we, we have a lot in common, but you know, just to, to share with everybody, why did, why did you get into education in the first place?
1: so um, graduating from high school I knew I was gonna go to Carney because that was just kind of an expectation I think
0: represent you and um,
1: and so I knew Carney was a great teacher school but I didn't know at the time that I wanted to be a teacher I knew I, I really enjoyed business classes in high school and so um, and I just loved learning about uh, the ins and outs of of the of businesses and so I thought like eh, let's let's just explore some of those classes at Kearney. Um, I had a cousin who was in human resource and I think at the time I maybe talked to her a little bit about human resources at a family reunion and is I this thought
0: cousin on dad's side This was ki- side? this is Brad Johnson's ah, gotcha. wife Kim gotcha. Johnson
1: uh, and so I just thought oh that kind of sounds like fun I. I I like to work with people, I like to solve problems, and you know that just sounded interesting. So I went to Kearney with the intent of getting a degree in human resource, but then after taking all of the business gen ed classes, I couldn't pick which class I liked the most. And so I thought, well, maybe I could be a teacher and I could teach all these subjects and I wouldn't have to, and you know, wherever I taught, I could you know it'd be a surprise as to what you, what business topic you got to teach and so then it was probably my sophomore year i started taking education classes and just fell in love with the idea of developing lessons and i really got to hone in on my creative juices and create lessons so yeah that's that's kind of how i switched directions and became teachers and then of course i fell in love with the faculty Um, in the business education department. And so that just kind of sealed the deal.
0: So how did uh, computer science then come in after that and then translate into building a schedule for a middle school? Where did that evolve from?
1: So, wow, that's a story. I never took one computer science class in high school and uh, really didn't find my love for computer science until I took a Class, um a work a summer workshop at UNO. And this would have been, oh I can't even remember. Maybe we'll just say 2012 maybe? Because that's, that's, yeah. that's when my because that's when my daughter was born. Um but I took a workshop and I was like wow this is really fun like being able to problem solve and I really at the time I Uh, we did a lot with scratch computer programming and it it just was it was just really exciting and so I was a self-taught computer scientist I just started diving into anything I could um, find about computer science computer programming different jobs and it it was just it was so much fun and from there I just kinda became the resident um, computer science person at our school and then I got involved with the computer science teachers association which is a national organization that represents computer science teachers. And I've been really involved with that organization. I was the conference chair last year, um, at, um, in Chicago. I just, have served on the board for two terms there. So just really involved with that organization.
0: So this is where I, uh, divert from the questions I told you, I was going to ask you, um, through all of that it almost sounds as if you have a problem telling people no. Yes. So, (laughs) gee, I wonder where that (laughs) comes from. Um, Well, no, because, you know, as you as you uh, explore those different things and you find a passion for them and you get excited about it, people recognize that and then they start coming to you as an expert, you know, how do you go about because I mean I know you the listeners don't necessarily know you but you're like with you've got two young kids your your husband is an educator and he's involved with summer baseball and all this stuff going on you're involved with camps and girls who code and, and all of this stuff how do you set boundaries and expectations on your own time so that you can you know still be a mom and enjoy those things or or do you not because i mean I, i tell people all the time i'm terrible at it like i'm the i'm the pot calling the kettle black on this i tell people to establish boundaries and expectations but yet i don't do them myself so how does that work for you
1: you know i pride myself on being very well organized and time efficient so i just try to just make it all work i mean and like you said, I, I think I, I married a I married a person that also is just like me. We we can't say no to people. We always want to be doing something for someone, uh, helping out, and that just gives us satisfaction. I mean, that's the Christians in us wanting to help others, and you know we we do say no sometimes, uh, but not as not a lot because if we if we feel like what we're being asked to do is something that's going to Benefit someone else if it's going to help kids that's just that's that's why we that's why we do what we do i mean does it eat you up when you have to say no it does it does um how how much time do you ruminate
0: on that like oh
1: you know we I, i would say not much i can't speak for for dave my husband but we we do have lots of talks about oh well Maybe we can't do that, but maybe we could do something else. We kind of, you know, um, try to justify. And but now that our kids are getting older, I feel like we are saying no more, just because we need to have those those times with our kids and um, give them, you know, that childhood that that they that they deserve, like that their parents were around and that um, gave them opportunities to do things. and
0: How much do you think that need to serve, that desire to serve, that uh, desire to put self before others, how much do you think you got that from mom and dad? Because, I mean, I've told people before, and this was part of the conversation with Lynn, it was the conversation with mom and dad, that, you know, uh, my experience growing up was... Uh, mom and dad were always doing school related things. They're always helping their students that uh, it kind of forced us to become very independent. Now I'm the third child, you're the fourth child. So that might be, that might look, I was already out of the house when you were still finishing up high school, but I always remember mom and dad just being involved so much at school that, you know, I really wasn't counting on them to, you know, attend my events and, and do that sort of thing. So I, uh, it's a blessing and a curse because obviously I wish they would have been able to, but I also know that they were serving their kids. And so, did you ever get that same experience from mom and dad, too? Like you felt like, you know, maybe they're spending more time on their work as teachers than they are with families. And then, how does that, uh, how has that changed kind of the way that you and Dave are parenting?
1: Yeah, I feel like I did get some of that, but mom always told me I was the family child. And so, I. I, I don't and I, I don't know really the what family child I don't really know what that meant but my chopped liver here <laughs> no but I, I feel like I maybe just had the qualities of like I always wanted our family to be together and you can even see that now as we're older yeah. that I am always the one that's you know hey let's get together and have lunch or let's um, let's organize something and so it, it's really coming through now as I'm older that maybe that's what she meant by you are the family child and so I always, I, I got some of those yes qualities from mom and dad, but even as adult, I just am always wanting to help other people and to make them feel better, make them feel appreciated and wanted. And um, I do that through lots of, I mean, I do that through writing notes to them, people, just, you know, even just a simple hug, like. I would say I was really sad during COVID because I love giving kids hugs. I mean, sometimes a kid just needs a hug and I was that hugging teacher. <laughs> um, uh, so writing notes, giving hugs, even just if I see something, I'm a lot like mom where you see something maybe at a store and you're like, I know exactly who I can buy that for, who I can get that. And it, it's not just gifts to give people, but it's you know just putting other people before you and thinking that this might make their day better or.
0: So this is where the, I think there's a stark comparison between you and I, because you were like perfect for middle school, junior high. Um, because a lot of the stuff that you were talking about doesn't necessarily fly at the high school level. Like I love giving fist bumps. I like being silly, that sort of thing. But it's not like you're going around hugging kids and and you know, it, it's just a different style. It's a different age in life. Uh, how did, how did you arrive at middle school, junior high?
1: So I did my student teaching in high school, and I just felt like I didn't really connect with that age group. So after student teaching, I just started doing some substitute teaching, and I had the opportunity to substitute at Westside Middle School. And I really just felt like I connected more with that age group. Uh, and even though in high school you dive deeper into topics, I felt like the 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 basic foundation that was is taught in middle school was more suited for the the teaching that I wanted to do. And just even I'm starting my twentieth year of teaching at Westside Middle School. I I can never i love it so much i love this age group i love that i get to teach the content that i want to teach but i also get to also be um, so many other things for for teenagers like i said i mean i'm, I'm the teacher that's going to give them a hug i'm also the teacher that they're going to come and talk to you about if they have a problem um the the teacher that gets jokes around uh, I just I get to be so many other things besides a teacher to a middle school kid.
0: Well, the funny thing about this and this I think this is a credit to you and to Lynn uh, because when I came back to Westside, uh, obviously you guys have your married names and uh, when I started talking to and getting to know some of the kids here and we just started like yeah, you know, I have two sisters who work in the district. Who are your sisters?" said, so, "Well, Christine Shab- Ms. Shabram, she's your, she's your sister. I said, yeah, said, oh my gosh, I love Miss Shabram. So you're obviously having an impact on him. Um, and that, that, that's so cool. What I kind of transition to a different question, but who have been your biggest influences on you both personally and in education and why?
1: well just like you had said our our parents are both teachers and i just think just seeing the impact that they had and all the things that they were involved in in the schools that they taught in that was just looking looking back now i don't think at the time i knew this but looking back now they really were um doers and servers for education i mean i i just really felt like um And you and you I guess I don't know if I really like that answer, sorry.
0: (laughs) Well no, I I I think I think it's good to to like it's it's interesting because unlike our siblings, you were the only one in our family who actually had the opportunity to be in the same school as our mom and dad as teachers. Yes. My son and daughter have experience coming to school with me as being principal and that sort of thing, but I, I mean, I tell people all the time. It was great. It 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 was it was good and bad. It was good that mom and dad were teachers because you were able to relate to them. They were able to relate to you when you came home about high school issues because they were high school teachers, uh, and mom with her special ed background. But then uh, it was also good that they weren't in the same building because I don't know if I would have been able to. Uh, well, I you know this about me. I wasn't exactly the I I was the sneaky good kid like I always did a bunch of stuff under the radar and I got away with it a lot uh, until I grew up and found out oh I really didn't get away with it mom and dad knew everything because the teachers and the principals at Westside were the ones who they would call them up so they knew exactly what was going on how did that work for you being in the same building as mom and dad did you ever have any run-ins or anything like that
1: well interesting enough I um, so I switched to the high school that mom and dad taught at when I was um, it was my second semester of my junior year okay and coming from Westside a lot of the classes that were required as junior and seniors at Bryan High School were required classes for freshmen and sophomore at Westside so I had gotten to Brian, and I had already taken a lot of my graduation requirement classes.
0: And I remember because they were on a four by four block. And when you made that transition, it was like you only had to go one yeah, block so, a day. <laughs> like So were... I
1: so I still had to take um, chemistry. I still had to take um, senior literature, but uh, I took hobbies and crafts. I learned how to wood carve. And it was like the most exciting class I'd ever taken.
0: Hobbies and crafts. Yes. Who taught that class? Uh, that was
1: uh, Hornbacher.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: and then I also took a. Um, uh, I took a reading class, um, and then I also was a teacher helper for a science teacher. Like I would. Like the
0: teacher's aide. Yeah, something teacher's like aide.
1: Okay. Um, but other than that, oh, and then I, and then obviously I took a, a, a senior math class. But, yeah, I didn't really have to take a, a lot of classes when I, when I switched. And I also did their um, on-the-job training. So I would leave after second block, and then I would go and work at Barnes & Noble. Um, and I would get credit for that. So, I mean, it really wasn't, I, I wasn't there a lot of the time. I was only there for half of the day. And then, but as far as difficult, no. Um, At that time that I switched, I was having some health issues. And so I felt after I kinda got my health issues figured out and I, I really just transitioned to, I wanted to be done with high school and I wanted to move on and start my college career.
0: Did that transition in high school has that benefited you as a professional now when you know like in our the district that we're in is you know roughly a third of our student population come from different schools so there's a lot of mobility does that help you as a teacher for kids who maybe move into the school maybe who weren't in the elementary because you know in a one high school one middle school district and then all of these elementaries it's a very tight community. And then all of a sudden you've got people who are coming in who maybe didn't have the same experience. Does that, does that help you as an educator being able to make that translation from your, uh, your transition in high school?
1: It does, especially being a technology teacher, because, um, the access to technology is not, um, not consistent across the board in all schools. Um, I mean, it, it's gotten better. Um, but, I have to recognize that when students come into my classroom, they're not gonna, you know, even know the simplest things of how to do a command C to copy, or like they're not gonna understand how all the things on how to use this technology tool that's been given to them. So, uh, yeah, it does it does make me pause and think how can I how can I rephrase this? What can I do to help all my learners? Uh, get to the same point as far as being successful with their technology at school. Gotcha So,
0: so this is kind of that uh, that question that I like to because I think it it, it gets it lets people get to know you as a person. So you know we all have stories That's the whole point of this podcast is to to elevate uh, our stories and amplify our voice. What is that one story? you know, either professionally, personally, whatever, that really, that you would tell people that would provide a glimpse into the person you are, that helped shape you into the person that you are?
1: So maybe two stories. The first one will explain why there's two stories. So I did my student teaching at Westside High School. Um, my st- cooperating teacher was Scott Persigal, and lo- loved my experience with him. But the one thing I took away from that um, experience was that teaching is, is kind of, it's, it's storytelling. And really when, when teaching the content, you bring in your own experiences and you kind of intertwine those with the content. And that's what really reaches students because students love to hear about they love to hear stories. They love to hear about how does what you're teaching me, how did this relate to you? And so for example, like um, when teaching personal finance to seventh graders, I talk a lot about how I started working at 14. My first job was at McDonald's. And of course they have tons of questions about what is, why, what is it like to work at McDonald's? And did you get to flip the burgers? Like they ask all these, you know, questions. But it's, it's a way for kids to really get to know you as a person, not just their teacher, but also relate to the content you're teaching them. So that was one thing that Scott um, taught me that I will just forever be indebted to. Um, And it it shows even in my teaching today that I am always telling stories and always sometimes even getting sidetracked and I need need to stop this story. We need to get back on track. So, you know, you know, we always talk about how students sometimes get the teacher off track. I am sometimes the teacher that gets the class off track because I just love telling stories to kids and love answering their questions and love that curiosity. Um, So then course now i've forgotten why but <laughs> my, my second story um let me think for a moment here
0: well let me let me ask you a follow-up okay. because uh this will be something you know what no because you're you're also going to have to tell a story about me okay that people may not know that it has to be appropriate for a podcast so oh, okay. i mean we're, we're gonna so be thinking about that as you're doing it but uh, I, I will comment a little bit while you're thinking on uh, about the story. Uh, I remember you getting that job at McDonald's at 14. And you know, I thought it was it was foreign because there's a running joke in our family that the girls all started, three girls or one boy. The girls always started working at 14, 15. You know, Jamie and Lynn were walking to Westroads Mall to work at Bishops and all that stuff. And I didn't work until I was probably a junior or senior in high school. You were involved in sports. I was, I was involved in sports and that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, but then, of course, Lynn would always say that you know I was the I was the golden boy because I was the only boy, so I didn't have the same expectations. So we had that ongoing conversation, uh, a dynamic in our family. But um, it's just been really cool to to see how those experiences in, you know, early years of our life have translated into, uh, the educators that we are now, because the one thing that is constant among all of our siblings is the work ethic. We're always doing something, um, almost to the detriment of ourselves because we get so focused in on doing something that we sometimes, um, you know, yeah, we just get so focused on it. So you know, I uh, Melanie was sharing me sharing with me that when you guys were glamping uh, the other day, you you told her that you went down a rabbit hole with this underwater submarine. And what I didn't tell Melanie that I'm telling now, and Melanie will hear this when she hears the podcast. I did the exact same thing. Like I was looking up examples of implosions, and I I mean, again, I went way 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 down that rabbit hole. Does that Do you think that that curiosity that need for more information do you do you does that come across in your teaching does it come across in your parenting with your kids talk a little bit about that
1: absolutely i mean i'm just an information junkie i just love to i'm a sponge i love to absorb so much information because even when i'm teaching um a new a new concept or even a concept that I feel comfortable, I'm always wanting to bring in real life examples of how this could um, relate. Uh, like, for example, if we're teaching, again, going back to kind of personal finance, if I'm teaching kids on ways that they can invest invest their money, um, I'm not going to shy away from talking to them about uh, going to the bank and getting a CD or a um talking to your parents about investing in the stock market you're you're not too young to start doing these things and so i i bring in like i have them actually look up different stocks that they could invest in i have them track the stocks like something that you wouldn't probably think a seventh grader sh- would be doing but why not why not give let them get you know get into this and start Um, putting their money into something that potentially could benefit them in the future. So just, I'm always like digging in and trying to find more information uh, because I think also having that information uh, helps to tell those stories to make them more relevant to kids.
0: Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because I see the same thing in your two kids. Like they are sponges. They're always wanting to know more and they've got millions and millions of questions. They're just so inquisitive. So that's awesome. All right, we are actually towards the end we're at 28 minutes so I mean I told you this was gonna fly. and of on. course
1: I didn't remember that but you, okay. can, you can clearly tell I mean just from me, me talking that I am a storyteller um, and, I, and I think that I also attribute that to our whole family we're even our extended family we're we are storytellers and that's just you know a, a way to and for the listeners
0: out there, just so you, you understand, obviously we have our uh, our mom's side of the family, which is a pretty large uh, side of the family, but we've also got a family reunion coming up uh, uh, with my dad's side of the family. My dad had six brothers and four sisters. We've got 40 some odd cousins, first cousins, and now we've got all the second cousins coming in. So Large family, very loud people. It may not be coming across here, but we also have to tell stories, and sometimes those stories can go on for days. But all right, I'm gonna give you an opportunity. You to share some dirt on your brother on a podcast. I gave Lynn the exact same opportunity. She had a good one, but it's it's weird because you were again, we our our, our family was spaced out. Like when Lynn, when Jamie was a senior, Lynn was either a freshman or sophomore. I think there was love. But when Lynn was a senior in high school, I was a freshman. When I was a senior in high school, you were a freshman or sophomore. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But we had those ages in there. Uh, but you're the baby of the family. So you've had this whole experience of seeing all of your siblings grow up and the different trials and tribulations that we've had. So what's 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 the one story you remember about me growing up?
1: Okay. So I'm not going to get emotional here. So um I might get emotional. If there's one thing and it, maybe I didn't know it at a young age, but as I went through the rest of high school and you know cuz I would actually enjoy those those mornings of you driving me to school. I mean, even though you would be yelling at me to hurry up and get in the car, um I would enjoy those little moments that we would be together. We probably wouldn't talk <laughs> because I was mad at you for was, yelling at it me. It was the
0: 84 Chevy Cavalier yep. hatchback, um, heck yes. But,
1: you know, and, and we wouldn't really even see much each other at school. Mm-mm. Um And then even when we went to college, we wouldn't see each other, even when we were living right across from each other, cause I was in um, the, the Kyle, Kyle house, house and you were or... in the SIGEP. I always, always knew, even, even looking back, I always knew, you were watching me, you had my back. Like you always knew what was going on with my life. And it kind of weirded me out sometimes. Like, how do you know that I did that? And he, you, you never told me, but you knew. It's almost like you had little people watching me, my well, every move. That's what big but brothers are for. It, exactly, and it, it, at times it maybe kind of annoyed me, kind of scared me, because I'm like, really? Like, why, why do you know that? Um, <laughs> But I appreciated it because I felt like maybe you were like like a guardian angel or someone that was watching over me, making sure that I wouldn't do something that was maybe going to um, disrupt my future plans. I mean, because we were both in school to be teachers. Yeah. And so you had already kind of walked that path of what I was walking. And so you kind Thank
0: of... Thank goodness there weren't cell phones around by that time. <laughs> right?
1: <you know? laughs> But yeah, I, I think that's probably the thing. And even now, just I I really enjoy our conversations. I think we still do butt heads on things. We still, but I I, I, I said that when I found out that you were coming back, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, it, it's, it's like a blessing. Like, this is the way it was supposed to be that you were everything has come full circle and you're coming back and we're all going to be in the same district and it's just it's the family the family child of me was like oh my gosh this is just so great I love it
0: (laughs) and see that's the crazy thing I'm glad you shared that story because uh like all of the things that you are strong in are not necessarily my my strong suit like uh yes I made sure to know the big brother in me, I mean, I'm going to be a protector, even with our two older sisters, I always want to make sure that I'm, I'm protecting, but I'm not the, you know, the soft feely guy who is going to be gushing over, Hey, let's get the family together and and do it. Like, I don't have that. If I happen to talk to mom and dad, or if I happen to talk to you, you know, once a month or something like that, just short period of time, like I, my bucket's filled. And I know that's not the same with you because you you crave that. And so I think that uh, us coming together again is really awesome because we are relying on each other's strengths because, and, and Melanie knows this, my wife knows this about me, uh, that you know, again, if it wasn't for you, Christine, if it wasn't for Lynn, if it wasn't for Jamie, you guys might see me once a year for about 10 minutes and it'd be good for me, but it wouldn't be good for you. And so we, we compliment one another. And so uh, as much as I try to access my skills to be the protector of you, I also know that by you guys doing those things, you're protecting me too. And so uh, the feeling is mutual on that one, Chrissy. love you, bro. (laughs) I love you too. (laughs) So we are at the end of the podcast. Um, Christine, it's been awesome. I'm sorry it took so long, but I'm I have more we're... stories to tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might have to have a part two because Lynn probably is going to have a part two as well. We just have a lot to talk about. Uh, we haven't even, like barely touched on education. I mean, there are just so many stories out there that uh, that I think are uh, that you have to tell. Um, I just need to get better at asking questions on that. But um, this has been great. We'll definitely uh, schedule something soon. Uh, for everybody else, that is the uh, the podcast episode uh, for this uh, this Own Your Epic podcast. Uh, Christine Shabram. Uh, you can find her at Westside Middle School. You can look on her website Website. if you ever have any questions about uh, business, computer science, building a master schedule, power school. I mean, honestly, if she doesn't know, she's going to figure it out, and she'll probably dedicate a lot of time to uh, to get that answer to you as quickly as she can because, you know, we are siblings and we're wired that way. So uh, thank you again, Christine. Uh, thank thank you. you to all the listeners out there. Uh please uh, head on over to ownyourepic.blogspot.com. Check out the Own Your Epic book and past podcasts, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. To find out more about Own Your Epic, check out my website at ownyourepic.blogspot.com, where you can purchase my book or subscribe to all the latest blog and podcast updates until next time. Own your epic and share your voice and your story. It matters and can make a difference in the lives of others.